there's like the, the whole man versus nature thing or that you can never really get animals to like obey they can't truly be tamed which i mean if you have pets you know that especially like yeah cats especially cats because cats are dicks <laughs> Welcome to two maddening hours of horror and fright. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Hi, I'm Kenny the Final Girl. Remember Jean Jacket? She was supposed to be my first. And I'm Erica. This dream you're chasing, where you end up at the top of the mountain, it's the one you never wake up from. And I'm Nico Nice. What's a bad miracle? They got a word for that? And tonight on The House That Screams, we are talking about the 2022 Jordan Peele directed Nope. <laughs> And we're very excited. This is our first subscriber-only episode. So hope you guys are going to love this. Um, Erica is going to start us out tonight. Uh, yeah, I, this is one of those movies I have been waiting for eagerly ever since the teaser trailer drops uh, at the beginning of this year. And um, little, like, spoiler alert, this movie did not disappoint. It, like, really hit all of, like all of the marks that I wanted out of this movie. Um, and I love Jordan Peele's previous films. Um, so yeah, I was fortunate to see this on opening weekend and I liked it so much. I went back and saw it a second time uh, a couple days ago. Uh, so uh, yeah, there's just, there's so much um, going on with this movie and it, it's hard to get into it without giving any spoilers away, but um you know, normally I, I don't really resonate with sci-fi films or UFO films, but this was fucking creepy. Um, and I also have to say just from without going into spoilers, just from a technical standpoint, the the way that the cinematographer captured the vastness of the night sky was so impressive. And it just kind of created this sense of dread when you see this massive object moving in the clouds and you don't know what it is at first. I this it was just extremely uh extremely well done film. If I can throw in just one quick thing, that soundtrack. Oh yeah, yeah. the soundtrack is I'll is, go into that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, there's like a lot more I have to talk about, but we'll wait till we get to, into the spoiler section. <laughs> Absolutely. 
um, Nico. So for me, um, I, as we've discussed on, on a previous episode with Get Out, Get Out to me is still a masterpiece of a film. So I went into Us with very high hopes, was really let down by it. Uh, uh, you know, it's a hot take. I know. There was only Not really. A couple it's actually of scenes. a popular take. Right. And it was, it was very, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say it was polarizing, but I feel like it was overhyped. And really, the only like scenes that really stuck out were, you know, the NWA scene when the um, fuck the police scene or whatever it was that was playing during that, that scene when uh, Tim and Eric was in the movie and the little Lost Boys Easter egg in the beginning of the film. Because um, I actually called the fucking twist right in the first like 10 minutes with my friend we were watching it i'm like i bet you he's like you're right i bet you it is and then sure as shit it was and we walked out Mm -hmm. of there so disappointed so fast forward to this one and i think it was during the super bowl i think was when the first like um teaser for this hit and i was even like well total smart ass i'm like am i gonna see this movie (laughs) nope Oh man. Yeah. So I was like, you know, because I was like, eh, you know, he's trying something else, whatever. I don't think it's gonna work. And I had a lot of friends that went to the um the early screening on like the Tuesday, I think it was. Like they did like a couple of days earlier than the typical Thursday for this, and people were like, Oh my god, like you gotta see this movie. And then Erica had mentioned that that she had seen it and and like absolutely loved it. So my um one of my really close friends, one of them, like my sister from another mister, another one, um, Yvonne, and her boyfriend Ian, who's one of like my my brothers from another mother too. Um, they were like, they were like, "Yo, do you want to go see Nope?" And I'm like, "You know what? Fuck it. Let, let's just go see it. What's the worst that happens?" And you know, calling me fucking surprised, um, I walked out of there feeling a lot better than I did going in. I have very very little complaints about the movie like there, I, I actually i have i probably have none if, if we're being honest so I'll, I'll save that when we go a little further into this my my story as to how i got around to seeing nope erica was also the one that turned the tide for me is like you know i saw the you know there's three trailers that came out in succession so the first one i saw and i'm like nope i mean come on nope that's the name of the movie <laughs> And I was just like, oh, but it's Jordan Peele. So I kind of had some like hope, but I was like, nope, really? <laughs> okay. And and the trailer did not, it didn't, it made me think it was going to be something else. And then the second trailer comes out and there's a little bit more. And I saw that when, when the black phone came out, we saw that opening day with like when I was in Canada um, with my mom, you know, like we all went as a family and they had a trailer there and it was different. And I was like, huh okay there's a little bit more to this you know it's not going to be some like you know um i'm not going to do what most people in horror movies are going to do kind of situation and then the third trailer came out and then it was like nope not of planet earth and i'm like and that actually disappointed me because i don't like sci-fi and i don't i was like oh god an alien movie really and then i was like okay you know what and, and and so it was like it had been out and then, you know, Erica talked about it and, and I was like, man, OK, I'm going to give it a shot. Why not? I'll go to the fucking drive in and check it out. I like going to the drive in and been going a lot this summer. And I've seen it's crazy because there's so many movies we could have covered up to this point that were new, but like just, you know, shit happens. So, uh, yeah, this is actually like. 
yeah, I, 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 I was not disappointed. It was, it was soft sci-fi. But I also want to jump in quick because I didn't, even, I didn't even see that that trailer that you had discussed where it had that nope was actually an acronym. See that I didn't know until just now. So that's actually kind of cool too. I mean, I know, I know the, the popular thing was like he was on like the late night talk show circuit along with the rest of the cast, and they said, "Well, why is it called nope?" And he said he tries coming up with ideas or, or titles that the audience is probably going to scream out. Except for us, I guess he tried being different. And obviously, to me, that that and apparently more like your general right. audience. So like with Get Out, like obviously you're you're screaming to Chris, get out of the get house. Out. Mm-hmm. And then with Nope, it's right. Like Kiki Palmer, who we'll get into in a little bit, says it first and like rightfully so, like she's us. And then there's that moment with um no, I don't know if I'm ever pronouncing his name right. Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya? I believe close enough, yeah. I think. I think it's close enough. Uh, I, I believe it's Kaluuya, but I'm gonna pronounce it that way. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But like even he at one point he's like, oh no, 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 no. You know, and he goes out there, he's like, oh no, no, no. But you know what? We would all say that at that point. Mm-hmm. It was that moment, but it didn't feel overdone. You know, it, yeah. it didn't feel unorganic. It feels like, oh my God, yeah, no way, no fucking way after the shit I've seen. Well, and I mean, that, can we, that's can also we... something that when when we start talking a little bit about spoilers here in a minute, um, that I'm gonna go into. I, th- I think probably we probably should just get into it now. Like we did. Yeah, we, we like can. We did. I mean, we did our opening, we, we might as like well. how we, yeah. we our so introduction and what I, we thought. I, I posted on on Facebook um, my thoughts on the movie, and I'm, I, mean, I know you both saw it because I, you know, you guys. I don't really get on reacted. Facebook. So I, we, I, I think I think I think you did see it because I, I had the, the 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 photo like like the, the poster of Kiki Palmer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. I guess so I like that. Legitimately, had somebody try to fucking argue with me and ask me if my mentality is that of a sloth for liking this movie what? as much as I did. Yeah. So these I, are people fact, that I'll have even... no thought process. Like, you know, the IQ is just, well, deep. you yeah. know what, to be fair, these are the same fucking people that don't understand Pulp Fiction either. And then that's why they hate it. Cause they don't understand right. that, you know, you got, I mean, exactly. Exactly. And not, not for nothing too. It's, it's like, um, you know, the, the biggest gripe that, that this particular person had, because I'm not going to give them the satisfaction of saying the name, obviously. Um, matter of fact, I'm actually getting to, to the quote now. Um, where is this? Um, oh, I think he deleted his... He actually <laughs> deleted everything. <laughs> he actually deleted everything. Um, but did not, under, did not understand the whole subplot with the uh, chimpanzee. Mm. Yeah, and see, I think you have to be able to think deeper and co- connect things. And I was able to do that throughout the movie. I was like, I'm noticing a theme. Mm-hmm. I'm getting it. You know, like I didn't. I would. I want to watch it again, but I feel like I understood what it was about and why it was there because it, I can understand how somebody who who's maybe just going to the movies to have you know just fun and it's just fucking around. They're not going to get it. They might need well, a second or third watch. I, I also kind of took away from it the fact that um because we all know that it that it's uh Stephen Young's character as as a child because he's a, he's a child actor and he mm-hmm. you know I mean and I actually dig the fact that that character as an adult is like a play on what child actors in Hollywood would basically be doing now is like selling themselves out and selling out and I mean and I get it because like they're still trying to relive the, the glory days. But to me, I feel like that that whole subplot and then ultimately what happens to him during the film is he tries to tempt fate twice. He got away with it once with with something slightly similar with with an odd phenomenon. 
And then when something an even bigger odd phenomenon happens, he he doesn't escape this the second time. Well, and, and, and if I could interject just really quick and then yeah. we'll get to Erica. The film is really about post-traumatic stress disorder. I mean, I believe that Stephen Yun's character, you know, Ju- Jupiter, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. by um, you know, because he 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 did two successful shows as a child and never really had any other successes. But what we flash back to is not the Jupiter thing, even though that's what the whole little park was about and all that. It's that other, you know, the, the show, Gordy's birthday, you know, that whole thing. And we learned little bits about it. But, you know, he's like, we ex- we invented the exploding fist bump. <laughs> and then, you and then you know, we keep flashing back. to it starts out with the scene with the chimpanzee. And you're like, what the yeah. fuck? Am, why is this even happening right now? And it, you're supposed to feel like that. And then we learn more and we learn more and we learn more. And and then when he get because it's kind of split into sections when it gets to the Gordy thing we actually see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and also too, I mean, even if um, if you look a little deeper into that, he has like that hidden office. Yes, that's yep. like a, that's like a museum to the actual tragedy. So he's another thing too is like we're not we're not supposed to really be on the side of of this character because he's profiting off the actual tragedy that happens. But it's it's his, everybody has a different way of dealing with their trauma. Right. Like right. like um Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya's character um um OJ you know he's trying to deal with like his dad's mysterious death you know um that played by Keith David amazing was, by the way I was amazing. like oh my god that's fucking Keith David great you're giving me Keith David right away that's great um but then you know what happens you know his dad dies and um but with the Gordy thing you know when they he after he mauls the chicken and goes crazy you know the chimpanzee does. He comes over and, 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 you know, Stephen Yun as a child is scared. He's scared. Mm-hmm. He's hiding. But, but Gordy found him. The chimpanzee found him. And he, they, when he went to fist bump him and then people came in, the animal control people mm-hmm. there. And it's like, so I think like his way of dealing, you know, with it was, uh, you know, sort of keeping it alive, keeping it sort of as an obsession. And, but also it gave him, you know, sort of like this determination. So he was thinking he could tame mm-hmm. our our main antagonist in this movie. We'll call it Jean Jacket, which is which is what they call it, right? I think yeah. that's He's what like, the name of and, it but is. But it's funny why that happens. But we'll get there. Um, why it's called Jean Jacket, and and it made so much sense to me. But I'll I'll stop it. Like I'll never hear sunglasses at night the same again. <laughs> How yeah, perfect yeah. was that when you know? Because it would affect the power. Angels in his car, and he's listening to that. Yeah. I'm like, why is he listening to sunglasses at night? And then as and then it's still hanging around. So the power is back up because it, it would stop anything like uh, a vehicle or any of the you know electricity, anything like that. So the car starts to power back up but it's playing it like slow-mo and it's this really eerie really tense scene and it's like really slow and it was like spooky as fuck and i was like oh my god they picked the perfect song that was I mean, so perfect there, there's also a couple themes here that the i mean fa- family is obviously a big one in this in this film too besides yes. post-traumatic stress and it also goes kind of hand in hand with um with i what i feel would be a lesser film would be don't look up the the Netflix movie with the, like literally the mother in it. it which which blue donkey dick or Jean Jacket <laughs> I didn't dick. watch it I don't know it's They're, awful I haven't um, seen it. I mean it's 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 correct in a lot of its like you know presentation but 
both films, but I think Nope does a better job of it, also touches on the hubris of man thinking that they can control the uncontrollable mm-hmm. and the unknown. And I and I think that's part of what you know Jupe's issue was where OJ kind of understands. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I have like um a lot to say about that whole thing. And yeah, that opening scene, the fact the opening scene is this this bizarre chip massacre on the set of a sitcom, it's like what the hell am I, am I in the right movie? Right, <laughs> like right. A bit confusing. Um, and then it's like, what does this have to do with aliens? That was my other question since I assumed it was, you know, about a UFO or something like that. But um, I, I watched, I went to this movie with a, a very good friend of mine who's a, a professor at uh, UNL. And he had a couple of interpretations or uh insights about that that whole fist bump scene that's shown in the extended Gordy flashback and one was like when you see that in the trailer first you think it might be sort of an et spoof or instead of the finger touching it's fist bump um but the finger touch i mean that's that's really like a reference to the sistine chapel painting uh you know the creation of adam right um but you know which like et was referencing as well so it's like uh, in this case, though, instead of showing some kind of communion between God and you know mankind, it's potential communion between mankind and animal, the animal kingdom. But that gesture is never completed. So, my friends, symbolically, you could take that as there's there's never full communion between people and animals. Another way you can look at it, um, he said, is that I mean at least from the content, like, so that might be a bigger picture of what the viewer can take away, but in terms of the internal logic of, especially of Jupe's character. So, I mean, this chimp was trained to do this fist bump thing and probably done it many other times. So, but, you know, like as a kid, maybe that gesture seemed significant to Jupe, you know, AKA uh, Ricky Park, I think his, his actual character name is, um, but to the chimp, that gesture means fucking nothing. It's just a, it's just a movement he was trained to do, mm-hmm. but like Jupe may be reading into like, well, in spite of this horrible event, this animal really does like me. And he has this, then this romanticized idea that he has this communion with animals and he can survive stuff that other people can't when he was just lucky and it, it didn't mean shit. Um, and that's like why he then puts himself in like 40 spectators in this horrible situation that gets everyone killed later. Absolutely. Right, if I can interject real quick. So you dumb fuck <laughs> from Facebook that didn't understand it. There you fucking go. Yeah. You dumb right. Fucking asshole. There you go. Right. <laughs> fucking black and white right there in your fucking face. Do you get it now? You dumb son of a bitch. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. I think it's interesting. Um, the different ways that people it, that it shows are three mm-hmm. or, or I mean, we don't know Angel's background, but Angel does become integral to the story in kind of like that bumbling doofus way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he <laughs> becomes beloved, you know, to you by the end of the movie, you know, like, okay, Angel's Angel's in, but with um, OJ, his way, his way of dealing with trauma work work Mm -hmm. all he did was think about work all he did was think about the animals all he did and it was a way that that was something he learned from his dad and then you go to the sister i can't think of her character's name at the moment i did not do any research right now but i know Uh, kiki palmer who was phenomenal yeah emerald is the emerald there it is god i knew it was in there okay emerald her way of dealing with things is you know she didn't the reason that she wasn't there 
and didn't have that ethic or, or the love is because when she had resentment about, you know, her first horse to train because they trained horses, you know, was supposed to be Jean Jacket. And they ended up using Jean Jacket for the Scorpion King movie. And so she never, ever got to train a horse. And so, and she was so jealous of it. She's like, dad didn't, you know, pops didn't even look up at me, but you did, you know, speaking to her brother, because, you know, we don't meet Emerald until after, you know, the the father's death, Mm -hmm. Otis, you know, the senior's death, but, you know, he, OJ was of the age where he was already training the horses. And then a lot of the things that he says, you know, because we get this mishap with, um, you know, he's showing the horse and they don't like him because he doesn't have his father's personality or charisma. You know, he's just he just cares about the animals and he's just an animal guy. He, the horses, mm-hmm. the horses are his whole life. Don't look her in the eye. And that becomes super important. Like he is really our hero, our grounded one. And, you know, and he's just like this guy who, who he doesn't have a whole lot of personality at first. He doesn't come off across it it was very much like his dad but without the charisma like i have to work i have mouths to feed i have things to do and she's like i'm out i don't want to do that you know and then she's like well i talk to this therapist and i occasionally fuck them you know like she's (laughs) just really explosive dynamic character that is needed there are so many different types of personalities but you know oj is our is our rock oj is our like dude who knows what to do and because of his history and because of his dedication to his work there was dad i mean that's he's the one that figures everything out he's the one that knows and so he's like not the most exciting character but he's the smartest and he knows how to handle the situation gordy was wrong you know holst was wrong everybody was wrong but he knew what to do and because of him you know things played out so okay um that's what I would say for now. So I was actually going to a couple of things. Number one, I love the fact that that the Scorpion King and the Rock, you know, because you know I have the big man crush on the Rock. So you Who know, doesn't? I was fucking, I was, I was, I was cheesing in the theater, and, and your mom was like, "Oh, your your husband, huh?" And I'm like, "Yeah, shut the fuck up." But yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I, I was going to say Kiki Palmer fucking stole the entire movie. By the way, well, um, yeah, she, she has such a great, exciting. I mean, funny... I mean, honestly, in such a long way, she's come from like back in like in the Disney Channel when days my, to now. When, no, she was on Nickelodeon, and my Nickelodeon, daughter, Nickelodeon, my daughter they're, they're was all, really all the into the Nickelodeon shows when she was a little girl and we used to watch true jackson vp true jackson vp that's well, it. i saw her when she was a little girl now i mean so i mean from that to this is like it's almost like uh the the what is it from emma watson right from harry potter it's almost it's almost like seeing like hermione to like now where like they're legitimate you know what i mean um but if and, and i'll say this and, and publicly obviously on record if she doesn't at least get a fucking nomination that's bullshit do you really think <laughs> that that's gonna happen though no Let's absolutely not I'm not absolutely not, but you she know should. how this shit works. She should. I mean, even more so than a Golden Globe, because she'll at least win the Golden Globe for this. I'll give her yeah. that, and she'll probably she win the, the MTV show. Golden Popcorn Bucket, whatever. But she should legitimately be nominated for an Oscar for this. She stole the entire fucking movie as well, as well as the great Michael Wincott in this film too, who a lot of people didn't. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, he looks a little older, but the voice. I'm like, it's fucking top dollar from the crow. And yes. For people that don't know, because you know he's never mentioned this top dollar in the crow at all. But um, yeah, he's the the main head of the 
criminal organization, I guess. That, he, that he's got a very Zarek iconic Draven. look and, and uh, sound. It's that voice. It's that yes, voice. It's but that I voice. love like his look through the whole fucking movie too. Like he's like that. Um, he almost reminds me of like Jeremy Irons and House of Gucci almost. I haven't seen it yet. Like just <laughs> oh, you got you got to see that. You, <laughs> I got to see because my, my my woman crushes in it. Lady Gaga, little Lady Gaga, who and she's phenomenal way, actress. We she just got, it's official. She is Harley Quinn. And Joker, Joker two is going to be a musical with Joaquin Phoenix and her. I am together. Ex- I am ready for that. I'm actually all. all I'm actually <laughs> I'm all about. That's what people bitching. I'm like, why? That's going to be fucking great. It's batshit crazy. Well, everybody like thinks that musicals are, are, you know, they're not. They're, they're not awesome. for them. And I'm just like, you're wrong because musicals you know are for everyone. I'll call myself out because I don't give a fuck. One of my one of my. Everybody's <laughs> always like, oh, what's something about you that we would never. I love the movie Dirty Dancing. I do. I. Dude. Doesn't. 100% I'm a man and a half and I will punch you in the mouth if you give me sh- not you but any dude that has some fucking shit to say about it nobody puts baby in the corner suck my balls that's it now back to this Michael Wincott also deserves an Academy Award nomination for best supporting actor that he won't get either and that's the thing is I think they're everybody was so great in this in their roles they'd be really committed and they all brought something different to the table. Those two specifically, I think more than everybody else, kind of stuck to me. I feel like Daniel Kaluuya's like understated performance was phenomenal. It, it was, was understated great. because was. it had to be. He had to be calm. He had to be um what he was. Like he had everybody to be the grounded did one and everybody else. That, that was what he had, he had to be the grounded one, the one that was more level-headed and actually thinking as opposed to like, oh, shit, there's this thing in the sky. But nobody like, ever recognizes that kind of performance and understated right. performance. And an understated performance is easier to, I mean, harder to do than an overstated oh, performance. Oh, absolutely. I know absolutely. that as an actress. So, like, yeah, I'm looking at him going, God damn, dude, you fucking killed it. And, and I'll honestly say, I know I know uh, Peels also, they they said where the, where the idea come from. And he's like, I wanted to kind of do a different type of, like, big event summer blockbuster and and i would dare say i think he kind of delivered that too because this isn't uh, you know p- parts of it i i mean okay so i know i'm talking shit about the guy on facebook but like i could i could see where some people maybe don't understand it but then again you're not using your head because you're thinking it's a summer movie i'm gonna go it's in and kind just of movie kinda... that you you think about after right oh, and yeah. thought about it, this lot yeah <laughs> right and yvonne and i like we we talk daily and, and i'm like yaba i'm like i'm still thinking about nope and she's like oh my oh my god nickel so am i because we're nickel and dime but she's like nickel <laughs> I'm, I'm like i'm thinking about it too like that movie kind of stuck with me and i'm like yeah me too because to me i i kind of got like here's here's my, my 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 take on this my my hot take i feel like this is what signs wanted to be Mm-hmm. This is what yeah. M. Night Shyamalan really wanted Signs to be. That it wasn't. Signs didn't age well. No, no. it did not. Signs, Signs actually wasn't even that good when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I you agree know, with- at, at all. And I know people like, yeah, the, the scene where the aliens walking, cool. I didn't fucking jump. I didn't scream. I was like, what the fuck is that? Was like a what I liked about suit. Signs was the emotional <laughs> stuff between the families. That right. was done but, well. But the problem is, too, is like, I don't know. I just, I just feel like Mel Gibson was overacting in that. And Joaquin was being Joaquin because he's good in everything he's in because he's Joaquin Phoenix, like Johnny Depp and, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, whatever. I get that. But as as a whole, I still maintain that M. Night Shyamalan's best movie is Unbreakable and, and Glass and Split, A lot I guess. of people say that. Because even like like The Sixth Sense is, is bullshit, too, when you really boil it down. That didn't age well either. No. 
But it's because it's been it, it's like the iconic choice that people like talk about right. as much as Psycho. Right. But to me, like this movie, not only it it this is this is what Signs really wanted to be, but to me, this almost had like Close Encounters of the Third Kind and like Super Eight vibes. Yeah, yeah, I, I felt it was, that. <laughs> it was like it was like a happy medium of both, but like it worked. But then in the final act, it becomes Jaws in the Sky. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which was like, I mean, this. I mean, I mean, you know. Listen, I, and I say it a lot on on the wrestling podcast, Wrestle Freaks. For those of you that you know, it'll be out soon. Um, a blindfolded tied up in the basement, Stevie Wonder could see that Spielberg's influence was all over this fucking movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether whether he wants to come out and say it or not, this is one hundred percent the kind of movie that Spielberg probably would have made back in the day. It's it's it very much like, feels like a tribute. It yeah. absolutely is a tribute. I, I would say, I, I would even dare say, like this is this is Peel's tribute to to Stephen King, Steven Spielberg, and Lucas, and even Carpenter in a way. Because even I don't know if you saw the whole thing what happened on Twitter, where the guy was talking about how um, Jordan Peel was the greatest horror director of all time with only three movies in, yeah, and somebody yeah. was like, uh, "What about John Carpenter?" Right? And then, yes. The that guy was, was like, hilarious. Yeah, the guy was like, fuck John Carpenter, basically. And Peel was like, please, sir, get off Twitter. I will yeah, not put up that, with yeah, that John was, that was slander. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, that was amazing. That was amazing. And and rightfully yeah. so, because, I mean, you know, again, I, I like sci-fi. I Peel do. knows that he's new and he's trying to build his own thing. Um, But, yeah, like, like, say I was making movies, somebody said that to me, I'd be like, you're fucking wrong. One hundred percent. Same thing. I would say same thing. That's I, slander. I, I honestly, because I honestly at this point, like Peel Peel's done two horror movies and a sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. I I think for his next one, honestly, like get out of that and and do something even like I want to see you do but a he's drama. Very next. smart. I think he will. He is, but I like do a drama next or do an actual comedy. Like go go back to your roots for the next one. I think I'd like to see him still do stuff like this, but there's so Every much. Every now and then, I'd like to see him maybe producing more and maybe giving other filmmakers like. Well, I mean, an he did a great job off. with Candyman producing that, but right, right. And but a lot think, of people I didn't like if, the new Candyman, and I'm here to tell you, I, go fuck yourself. Yeah, really. said it had too much social saw, commentary. Saw, saw, I'm like, did you watch the first one? Right. I mean, one had a lot of social commentary. What the fuck, people? It's a okay, social so commentary so, film. Do either of you subscribe to Fangoria? Currently, I've been meaning no, to no because right it's now. like fucking twenty dollars an issue, and they can yeah, it's day. a lot. It's a lot cheaper if you uh, like subscribe for the whole year. But like the issues, it's quarterly, but they're thick issues now, so it's not horrible. But anyway, Jordan Peele gave this exclusive interview just to Fangoria and only in the print copy, and it's this bizarre meta mindfuck interview about the background of the whole Gordy. Yes, uh, that I saw that. That's on the cover, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's one yeah. of the versions of the cover. But um, in this interview, he claimed that there actually was a sitcom in the 90s called Gordy's Home in which a chimp went crazy and killed people and that the actors actually have the same names as the characters in his movie. And I'm like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this has got to be just like some uh, publicity thing. Because I, mean, I I tried to find out you know, like any evidence of this and I, I can't find he was maybe being flippant, you know, just sort of like like adding to the fun, maybe having a little fun because you got to remember. I think that, he's must a be, that must be it. It really has to be. But at first, I was reading. I'm like, really, <laughs> really. But that, but you <laughs> know, maybe he did that so people would look, Speaking look around. Of you know, looking, just, to, just I, to I, have I, fun probably. With it. 
I, I didn't look this up, but maybe maybe you two might have spotted it or Erica maybe you spotted it. Um is uh is Keegan in this too? Because he's in the other two somewhere, somehow. I didn't see him. And I don't know if he had a cameo in this yeah. one either. I'm sure I'll he have did. To, I'd have to look that it. up. I didn't see him. I, I didn't see him there, but but this was a movie he... that I was like riveted to immediately because I'm like, it opens with this mm-hmm. scene that doesn't make any fucking sense. Then you show me Keith David, then he's dead. And I'm like, I don't and then and then Emerald comes on the scene and she just feels every eye, every ear. Listen, she's oh, not yeah. even she's not even chewing, she's having a full on buffet. And yeah. I'm and I'm and I'm here for it. Oh, for I, every scene I was she's here in. for it. Like, I mean, I loved her character. Like and, we were fucking cracking the fuck up with like half the dialogue that she was saying because I'm like that that's how we talk. You know like, what I mean? Well, like you know, like when Angel's leaving, and I thought that was gonna be the last of Angel, and I was kind of enjoying his character. I'm like, he's kind of funny. Um, you know, he's kind of like this, like they're trying to do something there and just like please need new um oj has to listen to his about his ex-girlfriend you know he, he just kind of came in and you were just kind of like entranced with that and he, well my cuss you know my my uh what a, my supervisor's gonna call and oh five angels yeah you know, five stars angel baby you know you're good you know don't worry about it <laughs> then he's all like tuned in remotely i'm like i fucking knew it i fucking knew he was gonna do that and then he shows up but it's like angel like we kind of needed angel to be there because we had the contrast of like this huge character of emerald and this very subdued character of oj of oj yeah yeah like he's very low-key he's very focused on his work a lot more like his dad you know but even more so you know because his dad had the charisma and he was just all he cared about was the animals and that was so important it was so key and it was like i was trying to figure out like how Okay, so I know now that it's about, you know, aliens or, or UFO or something, you know, going into it. But I'm like, why are the horses important? And the horses are so key to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not electricity. They can't shut down during the thing. And then, you know, I like when, um, you know, I'm jumping all over the place, but there's there's just so much. I, I get so excited mm-hmm. about this. Um, but the part where you know they're they're making a plan. We they've got Holst on board. He's got this camera. He's a cinematographer. He's got a camera that doesn't run on electricity. He's in. Mm-hmm. We've got Angel there, and he's doing all the digital stuff. He's in. Um, we've got OJ. He's in. Emerald's in, and they're trying to decide a plan. You know, but it was all to get attention. That is actually the main message of this movie. Honestly, is what people mm-hmm. will do for attention, and a lot of people miss that point. But, you know, a lot of people don't like to think about movies too hard. I I, I enjoy it, dissecting a movie. But, do. you know, I, I got to say, OJ is probably my favorite character, though, honestly. But I, I really did enjoy Angel. But, like, you know, that moment and then they're turning, they're like, okay, you know, forming their plan. Okay, we're going to do the, you know, the sky dancers. They have this and they're, they're sky dancers are running on these car batteries and they have this whole plan. And, we'll, well, we'll call the UFO this and, and no. And 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 then OJ says, "No, we're going to call it Jean Jacket." And that told me right there, he was giving that responsibility to his sister who didn't want it, who missed her chance with the horse Jean Jacket. So that left her out of the family business because she didn't want anything to do with it. She was a stunt woman. She did literally everything else. She would not do anything on that farm. She would not help. She didn't. She was not involved. So it was basically him saying, "It's your time to shine." You know, I love that moment. Like, we're going to call this UFO Jean Jacket. And he's treating it like he's like, if you don't look at it, don't look it in the eyes. It can't it can't grab you. It can't hurt you. You know, him taking his animal training with the horses and then working on a Hollywood set 
again, tying it into attention for mm-hmm. show. Spectacle is Spectacle. the term that comes up. Spectacle is a thing. Even a, even a throwback there to Jurassic Park where you don't move with, with the T-Rex, it can't, it can't. can't see you. Detect you. So, so OJ know, mm-hmm. is the one that figures everything out. But at the end of the day, naming it Jean Jacket means, guess what, Emerald? Here's your horse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I love that. And I, I actually want to get into that a little bit more. Um, I thought like the, the, the brilliance of this is the, uh, which I, I get because he does this every time with, with, with other movies too. The trailers are very misleading where we thought those little creatures, when that scene happens in the, in the barn and you see them and he punches the one in the face because mm-hmm. that's his immediate reaction. Well, I mean, I think yeah. I probably would kick or punch or something. Oh, yeah. Which, which by the way, I saw that Trick or Treat Studios. Because his life was those fucking horses. Right. And I saw that Trick or Treat Studios is not only releasing, I think, a mask for that, like the actual costume for that, but they actually have like the little dolls that droop cells that are coming out for those, for those little uh, creature things. But the whole fucking time, the goddamn creature was the actual ship. Yeah, and that's 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 nobody fucking yeah, nobody was as expecting this. We're all waiting, we're waiting, and then it's that it's like, oh shit. It's the fucking ship, and the way that we see that, the way that we find it out, you're just like, holy what? Yeah. So when again, when I went with Ian and Yvonne, and Ian was like, I heals to me, he's like, and he loved it too. He was like, the most brilliant thing about that fucking movie was the fact that the monster. The, the alien creature was actually the fucking ship. He's like, you don't see it coming. Mm-hmm. And no. when it's in its true form, you're like, holy fucking shit, dude. Like the, the way whole that time we it was see that. it, we actually, it's not like, you know, it's not hinted about. It shows you what's happening to them, these people. Right. Oh, yeah, that is so disturbing. And like the, the sound you hear earlier when what you think is the UFO or the ship flying overhead where you hear that shrill sound. It's like the screams of the people and animals sucked up inside and being and like, like happening to the horses. Right, right. because like we're we're so trained yeah, on the these things. Horse. Like it, like like with signs. What up with signs? You know, they come up on the ship. We mm. think there's little green men. Um, Independence Day. Mm. We you know they're they're blowing up, but there's actual like dreadlocked aliens that yeah, there's creatures. Right, and literally every single sci-fi film has has embedded from Forbidden Planet to since the know, 50s right this island earth all of that every single one of them has there, there's always a, a creature on the ship and yeah. he took that flipped it and made the actual creature the ship like yeah it's a sci-fi movie but you're gonna be surprised yeah it's it's a brilliant uh yeah, like subversion of that normal trope that you're talking about nico it's um oh, oh yeah and by the way um you know our, our friend of the podcast andre iskanov lives in the ufo hotspot he's seen some weird shit and you know, like firsthand and so with a lot of other people so he's really into following like different posts about sightings online and different lore so he's like yeah tell me about this movie it's it's not being shown in russia because of you know, Everything. distributor not working with Russia now. Um, so I, he's like, yeah, just spoil the whole thing for me. So I, I said, yeah, like for, you know, like first part of this movie, this UFO is hidden in a cloud that never moves. And he had actually sent me videos like that in the past of like weird shaped clouds that don't move with the wind, like other clouds do. So I, I think Jordan Peele did a lot of uh, research into UFO lore. But another thing Andre said, I said, well, it's actually not a UFO in the traditional sense. It's a big sky monster that's eating people. 
He's like, oh, yeah, that's the thing, too, because you remember those other pages I showed you about people reporting like localized rains of blood and bits of flesh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, thank you for. And there was our Thank Oprah shot, the, as they would yeah. call it in the movie, is yeah. after the whole spectacle, uh, you know, with Jupe. And, and then it mm-hmm. flies over mm-hmm. the house because, you know, that Jupe's thing was not far yeah, from the ranch. And, like, this, and like, then you hear the screams and then it's like raining blood. And that's and then, you know, like yeah, it was, it was a great yeah. moment. That, that is great. I kind of made me think they did maybe base the creature design a little bit on jellyfish and similar sea creatures like my last trip like to that. last I, trip to the zoo they said that like the the jellyfish have used like one opening for their mouth their anus and their genitals it's like you know what though all, i kind of i kind of got like a like a mothra vibe almost from like when we see like like the full creature like in well, its well, actual in the final form. form yeah yeah mm-hmm. i got like i got like a big like mothra vibe and you can tell like i think i made a mothra joke <laughs> well i mean i think i think um it's kind of you can even tell that peel was kind of a, a fan of like the old like godzilla like kaiju, kaiju monster shit. movies from back of the back in the day too but um yeah erica like I, i'm with you on this i agree with everything 100 percent what you just said yeah it's like yeah i just love this movie it's one i'm gonna have to buy on blu-ray you know as soon as it comes out i i really don't have anything bad to say about this which is probably going to give you a hint about my final score when we get to that yeah. point but yeah like there, there's just like so many different angles to think about there's like the, the whole man versus nature thing or that you can never really get animals to like obey they can't truly be tamed which i mean if you have pets you know that especially like yeah cats. especially cats because cats, cats are dicks they are yeah, <laughs> cats, uh, they, they cooperate right if they now. want to um, and like, I, I did take horseback riding lessons for a short period of time and those animals freak the fuck out of me. So I respect anyone who can work with them and understands them because they'll sense if you are not used to being around them and they will they fuck with your mind. Yeah. They, they'll like just do little things to mess with you or, or worse, they'll try to like crush you against the side of their stall. Or, uh, I, I got thrown off a few times too. It was like. So I'm like, you know, I feel like these are really intelligent animals and I'm just like, um, I don't feel the urge to try to dominate them. They're like, they're cool, but I'm going to enjoy them from a distance now. <laughs> so I, I mean, like, yeah, there's this like whole, a whole Kurt Vonnegut thing, but I won't bore everybody with that. But like, yeah, it's just know, like his talk between animals and humans. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's a fantastic writer, you know? So. Yeah, he, he is great. But yeah, I mean, well, like, this is what I'm thinking of. This theme of like people having like arrogance when dealing with other species, the whole theme around spectacle and people profiting from tragedy is just really fascinating too. And that's, that's why I like, for me, like the Jupe character was really fascinating. Like I really wanted to kind of study his motivation, you know, like to the extent that you can kind of make assumptions about it. Like the, the scene where he's telling um, M and OJ about, um, what happened on the set but he's very vague about it and she wants details and he's like oh check out the snl skit with you know chris Catan. he like killed it you know um, like, he's like really like, selling that and i'm kind of like no yeah, that's so not I, right i mean you could look at that a couple ways like maybe he's like so in the the pattern of um you know thinking of things through this pop culture filter that you know like he prefers to you know, like relate to that rather than the actual bit, but it could also be just a coping mechanism because maybe he doesn't want to 
remember the the actual event that vividly it's more comfortable to look at like this snl parody version but on the other hand he is fetishizing that tragedy by having that secret room with all of the you know like the things from the and set that there's uh, a mad like magazine like cover too in there right yeah somewhere yeah, that, that's the impulsive first yeah because uh-huh. i'm gonna i'm gonna almost guarantee because i know like already that they're taking pre-orders for the for the movie already to come out that um that one side mm-hmm. zombie that they're, they're probably gonna have like a gift like a gift edition it's probably gonna come with the mad magazine cover for that too i think yeah. or, or some other i, I, would, so. I would i would almost put money on it that that's gonna happen but you know there's like jupiter or jupe he always feels like he's on if you know what i mean like he's always on he's always a performer because he's, he's always, you know every time you see him but there's we have one moment where we see him as him and it's before mm-hmm. he's getting ready to go out and do his new family spectacular thing the family thing jesus um, cause he's thinking, he thinks, and you think it's because, you know, you know, he's, he's much more successful compared to, you know, um, the horse breeding farm, uh, the Haywood farm, uh, a ranch because mm-hmm. he's wanting to buy it out. Um, he's got money and, um, he profits off the tragedy, but like, you can tell that he struggles with it at that moment before they're getting ready to do the live show and his wife's in there. You ready? And he's, and that's when he had been thinking about what happened, mm-hmm. the whole Gordy thing. And then, um, you know, and, and you see him just completely defeated down way in his head and like, are you ready? Well, let me go through it one more time. Let's go through it one more time. You know, like, like you, you assume that he's told his wife, you know, maybe she's the only one who knows because she's helping prep him to do this. Or maybe she doesn't know when she's prepping him because she knows what he's trying to do out there. We don't yeah. know that, but we see this complete kind of fear and self-doubt in him, which is, you know, he, the whole time he's been very cocky and very sure of himself and very into like, oh yeah, that was me. And it was fun. And I made this little theme park and it's totally cool. And oh my God. And yeah, I watched the mm-hmm. SNL skit about this, you know, the Gordy thing was actually huge. It's got a great fan base and it was a, it was successful and there was just this mishap and it was no big deal, you know? And it's just like, okay. But that moment that we see him, down <clears throat> before he has to turn back on you know mm-hmm. that 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 was that moment and i'm kind of thinking uh-oh <laughs> something bad is going to happen and i didn't even know what oh, to expect yeah. i thought it was just going to be some show and you know he's got their horses and he's going to show them off and they're going to feel bad I, you know i don't know where i thought that was going to go but then he really he wanted the horses because he's feeding him to the cfo because he thinks he has attained maybe that was his way of overcoming mm-hmm. his trauma i've tamed this I've tamed this thing that's mm-hmm. not human where I couldn't before. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Cause it was clear that he was like, in like, you know, a little bit of time, you're going to see this. I'm going to show you this. I've got it tamed. The whole reason it kept staying in that area was because of Jupe. Jupe was feeding it their horses. Yep. I honestly, like, uh, again, I, I have nothing negative to say about this at all. No. The only the only dumb thing, and I, I bitched about it, and they're both like, well, Ian was like, oh, I didn't realize there was even going to be a new one, and Yvonne's like, well, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't show it. I My my screening, and I guess because it was like a matinee, and it's such a minor gripe, it's the trailer. Why the fuck didn't I get the Halloween Ends teaser before the movie? And I'm guessing because it was a red band, because she says, come get me, motherfucker, in the, in the trailer, yeah. and... Maybe because we went to like a three o'clock show, like they couldn't play it that early. I don't know. 
But I was all hyped to see that fucking trailer on the big screen. <laughs> and that was like the only disappointment with the movie. So if that's the only thing I can walk away from saying that I didn't like about my experience. And that's not even the movie's movie. fault. Yeah, exactly. That's the fucking theater's fault. So get right, better, so. RC14 and Wilkes-Barre. Get better <laughs> with that next time. But um, yeah, if, if that's like the worst thing that I could say about the movie, then you know it was good. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm not, I, I like publicly fucking said how much I hate us. Yeah, and and I I don't hate any of his films. I I think uh, actually I think Us is rather brilliant. But I, I don't know. I I it, feel like I feel like he. Was... I think the problem that Us suffers from mainly is that it was the follow up to Get Get Out. You know, and Get Out was like on point every moment. Mm-hmm. I think that's it's the biggest problem. It was such a diversion. But you know he's trying to do different things, and I think what he's doing is smart. And Us has like a huge following, but there are, it also has a lot of people who don't who don't like it because they saw Get Out and they wanted another Get Out, and it was something completely different. But mm-hmm. I mean that's just my theory. But I know that it it you know other people can find plenty of faults, but you can find faults with anything. So you know I'm not trying to take that away from anybody. Um, but I, I, that's my opinion. I also think that um. He he may have found something with Daniel Kaluuya. I think he's this a phenomenal is, actor. This is no, but but these two together is is gold. Oh my god! Yeah, this this twice they they've worked together and both films are phenomenal. Absolutely. So maybe this this needs to be something like how Quentin kind of has like his set of people and Kevin Smith has his set of people and so on and so forth. Correct. The, these these two need to do stuff together more often. Yeah, seeing him in this kind of role, because you think about him as Chris in Get Out, you know, and you compare it and contrast it to him playing OJ in Nope, and it's like, it shows range, like, just amazing range, and clearly they do work well together. Like, he's so subdued, he's so, like, the guy who gets it in this, and he's so, you know, completely contrasting what he played in Get Out, the guy who didn't figure it out till it was too late. Mm-hmm. to get out mm-hmm. you know his friend at the end i told you to fucking you know not to fucking go to that house you know his friend was really i, that. I still that, love it, that it was a great moment. Like, and i love how like he was all like man i told you not to go on that house <laughs> like he was like, yeah he was he was the our, our comedy relief in that but you know there there are just they're not this is not a huge cast of characters but everybody did their role on point in this movie see and the thing is i think with, even with angel this, who's kind of right. our dupe is like he was <laughs> important he figured I, out shit that he need. Like, okay, well, it spits out things that aren't organic. So, um, you know, in moments of like he's about to get sucked up in this thing because he looked at it, he ties that shit around himself because it, it would spit out the ribbons. It would spit out anything that wasn't like flesh or organic. And so he ties that shit around himself. So at the end, just seeing him get spit out, I was like, "Ooh, Angel made it. Yeah, all right." Well, you know what, too. I mean, that, I think that that's part of the 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 genius of this film and I guess the, the beauty of it. And I think part of the success of this film is the fact that it doesn't have a whole lot of characters. No, even though it may seem like that on the surface, you know, with like, the, it would the be big overloaded if you added even one more. Right. But even, even with all like the extras or the, the day players, or whatever you want to call them, it's not even enough. Even like with the whole, you know, Gordy's birthday massacre incident, that's still not a lot of people. And realistically, when you think about it, the movie's really only in one or two really locations. Yeah. So for for a film of this, you know, magnitude, and I'm using like the quotation fingers, this big blockbuster film, I mean, realistically, I mean, I, I feel like most of the money for the budget went into the special effects for the 
you know, for the for the for the creature design and, and probably the for the, for the animal is, wranglers. If you're, if you're putting all your money there, you want to have a cast that can carry this film because Which, we're gonna thankfully we, they do. People when they go see a movie, um, there are a lot of special effects people, you know, and they have their own camp. But a lot of us, we care about dialogue, we care about characters, we care about what's gonna happen, especially in a horror movie. Um, even when people are human fodder, we don't know anything about them and we know they're going to die, but there are people that we care about. And so just like the dynamic, especially with the sibling dynamic, we've got this, you know, kind of rivalry, but it's friendly with Jupe. We've got Holst, who's just an absolute asshole, but a genius and Angel, who's kind of like this bumbling, you know, doofus that kind of grows on you. He would be us. Yeah. <laughs> he would really We're be Angel. us. I, I, I really feel like Emerald and, and Angel are like like the, the audience, re- yeah. realistically, because we, we either be cocky as fuck to this thing or be like, oh, fuck, here it comes. And <laughs> the brilliance, and, and you know, I'm just going to state the obvious here, is like the diversity in the cast. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. Jordan Peele's great with that. Um, and... You know, so we've got a lot of people of color, um, you know, and I was I was always saying, you know, if Angel went by the by the name that he was, you know, the way that his name's supposed to be said, it would be on hell, you know. But yeah. of course, you know, he's assimilating. He wants to be Angel, you know, mm-hmm. but like people see like somebody named Jesus, you know, like in, in Latino culture, they literally name their kids Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, me, I know. <laughs> Yeah, so like you know, to to people, you know, to uh, you know, white people, like we we're just kind of like, why would you know, white Christians or why would you name your kid Jesus? That's so disrespectful. But like in other cultures, you know, like so we have a diverse cast, and um, I think that's important. And then also we have the uh, the thing emerald sexuality. Her it's it's not even made a big deal of because it shouldn't be. People are gay. It's it's a thing. Oh, see, and, and that's the thing too. It's like I didn't even like give any thought to that. Yeah, to me, and we just, shouldn't. We shouldn't. It's so normalized. It should be because so many people identify as queer, bisexual, gay, whatever. And she never has to come out and say it. She just is who she is. And we same, know same it. Same with Emerald. Yeah, it's like she, if, Emerald, if, she, like if we, she didn't say anything, I, I wouldn't have known. Yeah, she was just saying, like, oh, I'm gonna go stay right, with my yeah. little girl, you know, yeah, like, yeah, or I fuck like, my I, therapist, like, I mean, and, and she's always referring to she sees women. And so, but it's just like, but it's not ever put in your face, but that's everyday life. And that is how the world works. It should work, except for the people who out there, who are out there and need it spelled out and want just so they can hate it, you know, like, so we have a diverse cast. We have, you know, sexuality and it's not made a big deal out of it is so normal because it is normal. Like my brothers are gay. We're not sitting around talking about that. Oh, you're gay all the time. You know, like they're just right. gay. <laughs> You know, and it's like, why does it even need to be in the conversation? They make I mean, a even though, comment like, listen, oh, I was I dated this guy the other night, you know, and it's like, it's not a big deal. There's nothing well, weird about it. Here's the thing, too. I think now, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, we're, we're in a post uh, 45 era at, yeah. at this point where, you know, yeah. we, we took we took massive steps forward with Obama and then like a million steps back. But I mean, mm-hmm. even still, you know, even, even with that kind of crowd of idiots that exist. Yeah, sadly. We're we're still. I th- I think that we're at a point now where you know, you know, ori- sexual orientation, you know, who you love, race, even. I, I at this point, I personally don't think it it really matters. But hear me out on this. 
If this were a drama, if this were any other sort of genre, they would make a big fucking deal out of it, wouldn't they? Of course they would. But because but it's like here, a sci-fi here horror it's like, movie. It's so normalized. And that's what I love about like horror sci-fi. I mean, I would consider this a horror. I, I like to consider stuff more horror because I'm not a big sci-fi person. Except for Star Wars. And that's called soft sci-fi. I don't do hard sci-fi. But um, obviously I'm aware. Space, space opera. Space opera, I think, is yeah, the more Yeah, I mean, that's another name for it. But they also yeah. call it like soft sci-fi. Yeah. So it's like it's sci-fi, but it's not like sci-fi. Like hardcore getting into details See, i don't know I, I feel like i don't know I, I this i would say it's it's a step above a popcorn film Definitely. oh 100 percent, it is and it, and it 100 percent is a summer movie 100 percent a summer film it it um i, I mean I, I don't know if i, if I would say so it's it's 100 a sci-fi film at, at its at its core it horror it very horror very is there though. Well, it's there, there, but it, it's not as it's not as prevalent as as an Oscar and um. It's, it's a hybrid. I would call it a hybrid. I, I yeah, I would. So. I would. I think that that's fair. But I'm, to me, though, like I mean, we all walked out of it like, yeah, that was a good. Like we said that that's definitely a good sci-fi film when we walked out of there. Like I, I mean, yeah, there was some horror elements, like with the Gordy massacre, or whatever. But if you take that out, really, it's it's a sci-fi at its at its heart. I so mean, I it's a, very much Independence Day. Too. I got a question. What was your Oprah shot to call from the movie from this movie, like you know, because they were always talking, we got to get the Oprah shot. So, what was your Oprah shot from this movie? Mm-hmm. You mean that that they got, or to us in general, that we uh, were to like, you, what you walked away with? What was your Oprah shot? Like your Oprah, what was your shot in this movie? Oh, when they're when they're actually filming the when Michael Wincott's out there with the with the uh you know cranking camera there, and yeah, to me and her on the bike because i got i got a lot of um surprisingly i got like fast and furious vibes from like her on her on the uh on, on the crotch rocket there so to me yeah because that 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 right there like alone was like such a summer popcorn like mm-hmm. sequence of events that that almost um enhances the film believe it or not i mean because it, it didn't even seem out of place because like the movie's smart and then that happens and you're like all right well i get it and like the whole TMZ idiot showing up was like perfect yeah. as well. That was some nice comedy relief. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I would say to me that that was it. Erica, what was yours? For me, yeah, hard to yeah, that whole sequence is great. Um, I'd be tempted to like say the the scene where you see all the the people in Jupe's audience getting sucked up into the alien and like uh up through its digestive tract and they're screaming and then you see like a part of a horse skull or what digested horse skull but it's like yeah those poor people and then like on top of it the one woman in the audience who was disfigured she was his co-star in the sitcom and she was the other survivor of the chimp attack and her face was fucked up so she survives that and then he ends up getting her killed later (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) you've got a lot of people killed yeah, although um, I have to say, like that, in terms of literal Oprah shots, if you've seen that that whole Travis the Chimp thing, that I mean, like, there's been a lot of coverage of that real life incident, but there was a woman who was on Oprah, and this was I don't know if it was like '80s or '90s or something, but she wore a very similar hat with a similar kind of veil, and then she reveals what her face looks like after her uh, her friend's best friend's pet chimp like attacked her and just blinded her and ripped her face off so i, I think yeah, that maybe may he have did his homework on that yeah there was um i think maybe that was like 
possibly some of the real life basis for that that particular character. Uh, but yeah, like that was uh, kind of an infamous real Oprah shot, which also calls back to like um, someone's real life tragedy being turned into a spectacle for audiences to look at. Right. Which is, you know, a very main theme in this. I guess mm-hmm. mine would be like <laughs> maybe an odd um, choice, but, you know, being a horror fan, the tenseness that I felt during it made it my Oprah shot. It's when, you know, we've got Daniel Kaluuya and he's in, you know, that truck with a trailer and the power's out and there's Angel's car who he's Mm -hmm. deserted it because, you know, he's listened to his sunglasses at night thing and it shuts down. He's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I got to run and get over here. And um, because at that point, they kind of had figured out the patterns um, of how this works with with this, uh, this alien. And but Daniel Kaluuya is still out there, so he makes it to Angel's car, and then the music has started up at that point, but it's really slow, and it was so tense, and it's so dusty, and it's so dark, and we know it's there, and and just him his his journey to get to safety, you know, and having all these false moments of like, oh, it's gonna work, oh, oh shit, oh shit, no, no, it's not, you know, and then what am I gonna do? So I really like that whole sequence. Like, I never thought you could take that song and make it scary. I never oh, thought, yeah. you know, like it, it just, it was a very inventive, very creative. So it's not like for the spectacleness of it. It's just like the, the shot that stayed with me the most, that, that sequence right there. And we had that interesting, you know, slowdown of the song. We have this tense, these tense moments all in like one little area, one, one little <laughs> thing one little part of the the movie it was so short but it felt forever because i was so nervous i was tense as fuck i was like oh my god he can't they can't get him you know but he knows not to look and then you know but it's still like what if he gets him what's gonna happen oh my god we can't lose him he know he's the one who with the key he knows he knows you know he's already had his encounter you know but it's just yeah i thought that was great so there's a lot of great moments, but that was I um because I know we typically do like like a shitty review type of thing, and I pulled up a couple on here that I found on. Oh, you do shitty reviews tonight. I'll do the shitty reviews. Yeah, I mean, if, <laughs> if, if, if you want, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, I'm not doing a theme song. No, we don't, we're good. So no. I'll just pull a couple that I'm looking at now. It's a nope for me. This is from <laughs> M Lawyer five eight seven three two. Left feeling disappointed. Thought the concept was cheesy and drawn out way too long. Not what I expected, but with the movie title like that, I should have heeded the warning signs not to watch it. Also, who gives this movie a 10 out of 10? What? Nope. Come on, Jordan. I expected more from you. Slap ass. Wow. Okay. What the fuck? Um, no. Say nope to that. H-H-H Kuehler. One star. Say nope to this movie. I don't know if this is what's scary to new generations, but is not even a psychological thriller or scary at all. Three yes, hours of bo- three <laughs> hours of boring movie of people trying to take a picture of 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 an UFO. If this is what scares people nowadays, well, then go enjoy. The movie wasn't even close to two and a half hours. Mm-mm. I don't know what the fuck they were watching. Are you kidding me? Major swing and a miss. The pacing is so oh 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 slow, and there is zero story. 
If you can see this for free, fine, but do not pay your hard-earned money to see this. Not worth it. That was from TP255527. So clearly TP stands for ass wipe for this one. Um, <laughs> it's a nope for me. Let's see. Richard Bruce Julian, watch Close Encounters instead. This makes M. Night's The Happening seem like Citizen Kane. Seriously wow, hard pass on this boring and tedious movie. Acting was solid, but could not save this cold molasses progress. Um, Steven with two ends, 43904, one star, dumb. Couldn't believe how bad this was. Sister's performance was the dumbest part of the film. Never understand how people don't find characters like hers offensive. Promoting racial stereotypes like Wanda Sykes. Movie was just dumb, though. Had to leave three three quarters in. Didn't and then another watch one. Watch the whole movie. I don't feel like you get to rate a movie unless you've seen the whole thing. Uh, yeah. I'll just read two more. KSRM Davis, one star, confusing and boring. Unless you're smoking something, this movie is boring and lacks rationale reasoning of what is going on. The actors felt it was limited. Could have been a lot better. Better storyline is greatly needed. I still do, do not get the whole chimp scenes with the UFOs. Thank goodness for the Regal <laughs> movie pass, so didn't have to pay for it. Um, dude, save your money. One star. This is from Trina Miller, 44023. It was painfully boring. The joy I got from having to sit through a film that seemed like it was comprom compromised of all the clippings from the cutting room floor was only complete because my husband and I could laugh about our shared agony. It felt like this film tried to be a Tarantino, but ended up the baby of an M. Night Shyamalan and a creature feature about a giant flying tampon. A tampon? Did they know a tampon? One, the tampon resemblance, other than it's white, but yeah. This one, this is the last one. Orion Arizo, eight eight five six six, one star. The worst movie I've seen this year. The plot was extremely scattered and confusing. The ending made no sense and was completely out of line with the setup of the rest of the movie. It included some subplots that did not connect to the movie at all and could have not been included at all. This movie was a complete disaster oh and this one so bad it'll make you scream R arousal so many plot holes and unexplained elements that it feels like the title was decided after the first screening big fan of peel but this is nowhere near what a movie is supposed to be i'm left wondering if peel had a bunch of scenes in mind that would look great for a trailer and then had to tie them all together unsuccessfully did i just watch an improv exercise gone wrong Exercise spelled incorrectly, by the way. Oh I can't God. fathom how any of this was greenlit. I feel pranked. I really do. I actually paid extra money to see this in IMAX. I paid extra money to see a blurry spaceship in quotations. Zoom between clouds like it's hanging from a stick on IMAX. Any lame pun on the title has more thought put into it than any aspect of this movie. Avoid at all costs. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I wonder more. how many Some of those really people funny. actually finished high school. <laughs> I mean, if you get a chance, definitely go take a look at these. They're they're fucking hysterical, and it's obviously from <laughs> idiots. Yeah, the thing is, obviously. like, we know that it's no secret. I, I've said it many times on the show. I love a slow burn. This didn't mm -hmm. even feel like a slow burn to me. I was interested in every moment. I don't feel like anything was wasted. Anything that was was there that wasn't supposed to be there. It was all supposed to be there. It all ties in. I don't feel like there was anything wasted. 
it, no time was wasted. No scene was wasted. It was all important to tell one big story and it all factored in in its own way. And if you can't see that, I don't know how to help you. Like, you know, it's obviously there's going to be naysayers on any movie. I mean, I could bring up fucking Casablanca and I could probably list you about a thousand people that hate it, but there's nothing fucking wrong with that movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just people they have different expectations, different, different things that they, they want out of a movie. Some people want to check their brain at the door. Some people don't want to think too hard. Me, make me think hard. I'm paying you for that. I want you to make me think about this shit when I'm going to bed at night. I want to think about this. Again, these are the same idiots that don't understand Pulp Fiction. So, you know, these are also the same people. Art is wasted on these people. Right. These are also the same people that fucking put an orange M&M into the, you know, into the White House. But that's also an insult (laughs) to orange M&Ms. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, a shitty review said, is there anything that anybody wants to add that we've missed? I don't think so. I, I mean, I know, I know, I've covered pretty much everything that there is to cover about this film. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'll, I'll probably have more, you know, after like repeat viewings of it when it when it comes out on 4K because I probably will just end up buying it because oh, it was actually it. that good. So, and it's weird for me too to talk about you know a strongly uh, leaning sci-fi type film like this, but you know, you have I, I can save most of that from our review, I guess. Um, but yeah, for, for a sci-fi film that I went into it knowing it was a sci-fi film and I, I had no expectations because I trust Jordan Peele, but I'm not into sci-fi. So if it sold me as well as it sold me and it, it was intelligent, you know, like it, it has a lot going for it, but you can't check your brain at the door. Yeah, it's a summer movie and that's what you expect. But I don't like movies where I check my brain at the door. My brain wants to stay with me. You know, I want to think about shit. And if you give me something to think about, you've done your job and more, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel yeah. like it all made sense. It all was necessary. Yeah. I don't really have anything to add that you guys haven't um, just said. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Candy. I thought the pacing was perfect. I Granted, it's a little bit longer than the average movie, but I was never bored. I never thought it was slow. Um, I even the scenes that that were like i guess you could say slow i thought they were suspenseful and creepy they served a purpose i thought they were effective so um i I don't really get the naysayers and i'm kind of in the same boat too that i'm not a big sci-fi fan like there are a few exceptions like i enjoyed event horizon and uh, pandorum and things like that that are very much like hybrids yeah, I, I guess I, I like sci-fi when it overlaps with horror. I fucking hate E.T. I yeah, think well, I knew that I love e. it earlier. I love and I was e. like, oh my God, Eric is talking about E.T. I know. <laughs> you knew I was going to have to shit on it at some point. I mean, I totally get why people who grew up with it would have nostalgia, but I, I saw it as an adult and I'm like, this movie's overrated. Ah, I just didn't like it. <laughs> that and Return of the Jedi were like two of the first films I ever saw in theaters. Oh yeah, that shows my age right there. That's that's why Return of the Jedi is my favorite of the original trilogy because it was the first one I saw in theaters. Empire Strikes Back is my favorite, but I didn't see it till a little bit later. But Empire Return of the Jedi the was my first film in a theater, and then my my mm-hmm. mom took me to see ET. So I mean, re- re- realistically, let's be honest that there's a reason why that's considered the holy trilogy, and all three of them are fucking great. All three, they I really don't are. disagree. 
Right. Yeah. Because I mean, <laughs> we, all- we are eventually going to do our Star Wars thing. Yeah, I can't wait. And for that. that's going to be a subscriber only thing as well. But it's going to have to be broken up because there's too into much. the into the different trilogies there's, because yeah, there's, there's, there's three. <laughs> so you have to even even with the, the trilogies being broken up, it's going to be long. You're, but you're we'll saying get I have to watch Jar Jar Binks again. Unfortunately, you know, <laughs> there are drugs, <laughs> and it's a good thing. <laughs> there's alcohol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But you know, we'll, we'll get into that. There, I, I literally hate Phantom Menace except for a couple parts. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um. So, are we ready to to review this? Yeah, do it up. Okay. Who wants to go first? You want me to go first, like usual? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, my score should be no surprise. Uh, I haven't thought of a clever thing to put with it. I um, all I have in front of me is an ashtray and my phone, and um. A cocktail. So I don't have any notes. I'm going to think of something really quick. Um, I guess I'll give an obvious 10 out of 10 jean jackets. Um, This movie, uh, once I found out, because through the succession of trailers, that it was sci-fi, I was really literally like noping out. Like, oh, God. I don't know. I don't usually do sci-fi. But I was like, I trust Jordan Peele. So I decided and Erica was the one that turned the tide to that made me. She was like, it was good. We should talk about it on the show. I'm like, fuck, I got to see this because I trust Erica's judgment, me you know. Too. And um, so when see it drive in, which was a really cool place to see it. Um, it being a summer thing, like we talked about. But, you know, I, I was I was riveted like from the beginning. I'm like, what does this mean? But I don't feel like there was anything unnecessary. We don't have a lot of extra characters. It's really focused on a couple of people. They all do their jobs as far as acting. They all have their important roles. They're important parts of the story. And it's like, I felt like it was pretty easy to figure out why that was like, you know, this person, you know, Jupe was the way he was and why he did what he did. Why um, OJ was the way he was. Why Emma was the way she was, you know. We don't get Angel's backstory, but you kind of understand he just wants to be there and be involved. And he kind of involves himself and then they accept him and then they get Holst involved and he turns out to be, you know, bad. And, you know, um, and that made sense, too. You know, it all added up. And so I never I mean, I thought about it when I came home, but I had it figured out throughout the movie, like I was able to put it together. And, and, and I think if you're paying attention and, and I was also enjoying myself, you know, it was, it was easy to do. And there are so many really great and deep themes. Like, even if you're not going deep, it's, it's a really enjoyable film. Um, and, but like, there's so much depth to it and, and just it, neat character studies. There are, which I love, I love that kind of shit. And, um, you know, just seeing people rise to the occasion, which we see in Emerald, who is always like literally noping out of like work or doing anything, mm-hmm. you know, I'll pay for this, but you know, I just want to get rich and famous and whatever. But, you know, in the end, she's a changed person. We see growth and, uh, you know, through from everyone, you know, um, and just, you know, the understated performance, you know, that, that low key performance that's so hard to give Daniel Kulia like delivered, and Kiki Palmer, you know, she steals every scene. So, you know, and there, there was never a boring moment. Um, um, well worth the price of an admission, definitely. And well worth a, a repeat viewings. I could definitely, um, I'm excited to watch this again. So, yeah, 10 out of 10 jean jackets. And whoever would like to go next. 
yeah. Okay, yeah, this is not going to be a, a surprise given everything else I've said so far. I am going to give this 10 out of 10 half-digested horses. Uh, I really just don't see anything wrong with this movie. It's thought-provoking. It was just technically well-executed with beautiful cinematography, great performances, great soundtrack. Um, and I, I usually am not super excited about sci-fi, but this was like creepy as hell. And it, it just had a lot of interesting things to think about, um, uh, around the, the whole issue of, uh, spectacle and, um, uh, you know, profiteering from tragedy and that kind of thing. But it, it, it left it open-ended enough that you can kind of, uh, debate and theorize some things like, uh, appeal was not spoon feeding this in a heavy handed way he he left some things a little bit vague that you can kind of you know sink your teeth into it and think about it for a while which i really appreciate um so yeah i have to give it 10 out of 10 perfect and i gotta be one of the cool kids i gotta give a 10 out of 10 of the uh hand cranking imax cameras um <laughs> nice this again, I, I I've said it before. Get out, complete masterpiece. Us, complete piece of shit. It, to me, to me. That's okay. Um, but this was a nice bounce back. Um, Jordan Peele and Daniel Kalia equals magic. Um, this this is like a dream team that needs to happen more often. As I said, Kiki Palmer steals the entire fucking movie without even trying. Like she, I said it before, she's not even chewing obscenity. She's having a full-on buffet. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm for it. Michael Wincott, anytime I get to see him, is fucking great. Um, Steven Yoon's departure from like like the nice guy at Glenn from The Walking Dead into like kind of like a slimy, weasley little fuck yeah. was, was actually kind of cool to see because, you know, he's always like known as like the nice guy and whatever. And I've actually met him in person like once and he's like super shy. In real life. So to see him do that, my daughter is actually, literally in love with him. Um, and I, I think his convention days are over until, you know, until later in his life. But um, he's busy. Yeah, he's he'll be he'll be busy for a while now. Um, so uh, I am a big sci fi guy. I love Star Wars. Um like I love Flash Gordon, the, like the cheesy one with Sam Jones, yes. um, the Last Starfighter. Like I love that. You know, I'm I'm like you're like and another movie that I love too, and I think it, it kind of gets it's it's kind of like the opposite of this one, and they're not really related. That I actually saw for the first time a couple of weeks ago that that blew me away was Galaxy Quest. Mm, that movie. I fucking loved. I didn't realize like that movie was fucking fantastic. So, you know, and and honestly, it, it captures like like the, you know, the the fandom perfectly and how toxic it can be and how wonderful it can be also. So, yeah, I've always been a big sci-fi person. So when it ended up being that it was a sci-fi movie, I, I was on board with it. I had to get talked into seeing it, honestly. And if it wasn't for Erica, really kind of being like, you need to go see this shit. And if it wasn't for Ian and Yvonne, like, we want to go see Nope, I probably wouldn't have seen it. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad I glad I took took the plunge and like I walked out of there like holy shit! Like I was fully entertained. It's not boring. And if anything, I don't think we even touched on this. Aside from little like winks here and there, this is probably Peel's most straightforward movie mm. out of all the one of, out of the three that he's done. This is this is legitimately like 
this is almost like how how Quentin did Django, how Django was like probably his most straightforward film. You know, that's 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 the equivalent of this, I would say. But I am anticipating the 4K, which I'm sure will be out for Christmas. I, I will probably be getting it. I loved it. I can't say enough good things about it, and I and I hope to Christ, and I know it's not going to be, but. I, I really hope that Kiki Palmer not only gets nominated, but I hope she wins for this. She she deserves it. She was fucking fantastic in this. And so was Michael Wincott. I, I think that both of them really should have their moment to shine with this because of this film. Not, not taking away from the other two or from anybody else in the film, but those those two specifically really stuck out the most in my mind as like the MVPs of the film. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 10, 10 out of 10, hand crank, uh, old school IMAX cameras. Should you skip? Nope. Nope. Go see it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so plugs. <sighs> yeah, it was uh, yeah, plugs. <laughs> um, Erica, you go first. Um check out uh final girl cosmetics dot makeup. Um, I need to get my ass in gear and post those new lipsticks and uh liquid eyeliner that is super fun, but it's been a hell of a couple weeks uh for everyone, I think. Um yeah, I think so. So <laughs> yes, uh, please please check that out. Though we still have um, the the Iskanov Dreamscape collection proceeds go to help my friend uh, Andre Iskanov, who's <laughs> just struggling to get uh, make ends meet, considering that inflation in Russia is uh, horrendous, and like even people who don't agree with the, the war on Ukraine are just. Uh, having a hard time affording basic uh, needs items in a lot of cases. So um, for him, a lot of that's going to go for his medication and rent and utilities and a lot of basic things and anything left over he's putting into his new films. Of which you are in uh, ingression and you've helped with a lot of his films. Yeah. I've, uh, it's ingression, I, I right? No, I'm thinking no breaking Ouroboros. Breaking Ouroboros. Yeah, I'm that supposed was. to be in ingression. I still hope it can work out at some point, but with um my visa expiring in a month and then all the flights to Russia from the US being cut off, I don't know if it will happen, which is a huge uh bummer, unless I can shoot some scenes on his behalf here, you know, and he can edit it together. That's um, or we find some way to meet, like in Thailand, which we had discussed for some location filming. But at the moment, neither of us have money for an international trip, so yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, not fun, <laughs> yeah. So definitely check out Final Girl Cosmetics that makeup. I'll just throw that in there, um, uh, mm-hmm. Nico. Well, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at El Jefe Del Horror. The boss. And we are excited to announce that The House That Screams has a new spinoff series. I kind of teased it a little while ago, but it is now The House That Screams presents Wrestle Freaks. It is <laughs> myself and another person that's part of the new house, uh, a, new, a new person on The House That Screams family, uh, Buck Allen, because the buck stops here. Um, we are your we are your ringmaster generals for everything and anything pro wrestling related. We will be re- reviewing all of the, the latest pay-per-views or premium live events if you're a WWE fan. We'll be reviewing Raw, SmackDown, AEW, Dynamite, and Rampage. And of course, we'll have all the latest news um, because ever since Vince McMahon retired, 
it's been nonstop with like good stuff coming. So like, you know, this was like the right time for us to kind of, you know, introduce this, this new show format. And we're, we're looking to have that as a weekly um, show because I mean, you know, every wrestling doesn't have an off season. It's, it's continuous. So, you know, while, while the house that screams, you know, kind of goes into its slumber after Halloween, we will still, the the brand is still living. We're still going to make the brand relevant and keep it, keep it going and keep it fresh and keep it entertaining. Um, we're going to be looking to try to do, do some um, classic, right? We said, we said we, that you and I were talking. Oh yeah. I, I, I was really big into it for the first like big chunk of my life. till I was about 14. I watched, you know, um, even glow, but I watched uh, WWF. I watched uh, WCW. I mean, I watched all that shit and, and there are some wrestlers. I think nobody talks about that should be talked about and some pay-per-view events that I, I, I remember right. I would always, I, I actually, we had WrestleMania in Indianapolis. Right. Yes, yes, yes. And um, I went to a lot of live uh, events. So right. I can, I can go on some classic episodes. So yeah, we, we decided to, like, I know we were, we were talking, um, Buck and I, and you and I were the three of us talking when we, after we recorded the first episode, um, which will be dropping soon, I believe, right? Like that it's coming. Yeah. Okay. Um, um I'll reveal the, what I have to say about that, the release and just when, when it's my turn, I'll you'll okay. Um, so we, we will be doing, um, you know, when, when it's like an off week for like no regular pay-per-views, like we'll, we'll cover like a classic pay-per-view. So we'll have, you know, like Candy on or Erica, if she wants to jump on or anybody want from, who wants to find, we're also going to try, I think it all depends. We're going to try to get some interviews, some actual like wrestlers and like current past and uh, from superstars. Dan house. We can get Dan house. And I would love that. So I, yeah, right now. Like to get Danhausen, the bunny from AEW, Shotzi from WWE. Like, I mean, because they all tie in with, with the house of screams. Not to mention the fact related. that Tom Savini does a lot of like mask work and makeup work yes, on these people. For both. He does for AEW and WWE for Correct. both. So yes. So yeah, so this this is actually something that we're really excited about. It's something that I'm passionate about. It's something that I've been talking about for a long time. And you know, I want to thank Candy for allowing Buck and I to kind of have like the avenue to you know, kind of entertain you guys in a different way with with the House of Screams. We try so to cover you. all the bases here. Absolutely. Um, so plugs for um, from me, there's a little, this is going to be a little longer than usual. Um, new changes to the House of Screams. Um, the thing is, is this is our first subscriber episode. So if you're hearing this, you are a subscriber. The only way you're going to hear this is if you're a subscriber. It is ridiculously a low amount. We just want to provide some very exclusive content to um, our listeners, um, considering that we are a top 10 ranked podcast. Um, we would just like to be able to cover our, our Zoom fees. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're not we're not trying to profit. We do this because out of love. We do this because we enjoy interacting with you. Um, we do this, you know, for the joy of talking about these things that we enjoy so much, or sometimes in the case of like killer clown or something like that. Um, <laughs> but I hate, you know, just the shit on it. You know, we all, we all had our moments where we're the word shitting on the movie. But the thing is, is that, you know, um, any way that you can support the show, it just goes into the show. We, we have equipment, we have programs we have to buy, whatever. And it's just like, we just want to con- be able to continue to make it, to be able to afford that. Um, and we ask nothing else. Um, so yeah, if you're listening to this, thank you. Thank you very much. But, um, if you don't know where to find the house that screams, 
Um, I have a link tree um, that is link tree slash candy to final girl. Um, you can find me on Instagram at candy to final girl. Um, you can uh, interact with me the most either on Instagram or our official Twitter, which is at house underscore screams. That is all you're, you're talking to me. And it's you can approach me if you have a show idea, if there's a movie you want covered, if you want to be on the show. I mean, like, I'm, I'll talk to everybody. I'm, I'm very friendly. So, um, you know, thank you very much for this. Uh, and this, by the time this is released, uh, Wrestle Freaks will, have, will not quite be out yet. If you're hearing this, if you are a subscriber, Wrestle Freaks is not out when you hear this. Uh, the next episode that will be coming out tomorrow uh, for subscribers only, because our episodes will now be coming out for subscribers only for the first couple of days, five, five days to, to a week. And then it will go to free. Um, and that would be uh, Erica and I covered for Ghouls Night Out, um, whatever happened to Baby Jane. So that will drop tomorrow with subscribers. And then um, it will be available to everyone else. Um, so you, it will already be out when you hear this. And then next is this subscriber only then Russell freaks. And so we're going to start, we've been, um, a little slow on releasing. Um, it seems like this year has been a little, really hard on everyone. So we, we kind of hit a rough patch. All of us did on different things. So, you know, just seeing our success and knowing that we have not been able to do shows as much as we would like, um, has been a little distressing, I think to all of us, you know, cause we do this for fun. Um, but we just want to be able to continue to do it for fun and hope you have fun. So that's all I got. Except for thank you guys for being here. It was nice to have a, a, a little quiet three person show with us. And these, this is our first, yeah, like I said, this is the first thing that we're giving to subscribers only. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, Looking forward to seeing you guys Thursday. I'm ready to get back on the horse, oddly enough. I don't know if that, you know, take that how you <laughs> want, considering the movie, but I'm ready to get back on the horse. <laughs> and what is it? It's Pet Cemetery? Yes. Oh, I'm going to shit all not over that, that new fucking, fucking shit. Movie. I'm shitting all over that one, so either one. Well, if I had my choice, and I did, I had to make a choice. I picked the right one. I'll say that. I mean, they're both shit to me, but that that's for that that, that that's for Thursday. Yeah, yeah, but there's a reason that we're not covering the other one because I just literally can't. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> no. I don't blame you. <laughs> it was like no diet. We'll get into that. <laughs> we'll talk about that. But um, yeah, that was a fail. Anyway, I love you guys, and I'm you looking forward to seeing you Thursday. Good night. Love you. Too. Good night, love love you guys. Bye. Love you. Bye.